The first gospel is what book? Come on now, let's talk. I can hear you. Say it louder. And the second? And then? And then? A Christian should know this. You need to know this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first thing I want to ask is that why should four people write about Jesus? Why will God allow four people to write about Jesus? Or why will God not just ordain it that one person give account of Jesus Christ? We're going to look at the introduction of each of those books to understand the motive behind each writer. I know all the theological thoughts, but I want to work by evidential thinking. That is what is written from the letter of a man. You can know what is the intention of the man, especially from the introduction of a book. You can understand what the whole book is about. Let's look at the book of Matthew. Someone read from verse 1. Chapter 1. All right. If we look up together, it says the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of what? And the son of... Come on now. If you don't have any other thing written about this man. And this man begins by saying, this is the record. So this must be somebody who intends to straighten a record that was probably, probably crooked. Somebody who had the heart that, look, there have been a lot of talk about this person. I would like to put the record straight. Are we together in agreement? Come on now, let's speak together. Are we together in agreement? Alright. But if we look at the record as well, he made mention of two characters in this record. He said, the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of what? David, the son of this can suggest to you that he's talking to people who claim to be part of this sonship. Is that correct? You know, this is Bible school normally. Why didn't he say, didn't he say the son of Solomon? Why didn't he say the son of Moses? Why did he not say the son of Adam? The reason is because the people this man must be writing this record to are people who must have laid claim of their ancestors as David and Abraham. And you can't look too much far away from those people. For those people. They are who? The Jews. They are the Jews. You know, the Jews always call father who? Abraham. Until today, the Jews use, they still use a symbol they say is the symbol of David. The name of David is in the lips of every Jew till this hour. Of course, in the life of Jesus Christ, when we go into it further, as God will allow us this week, we discover that when Bartimaeus said, when he heard about Jesus, and he said, what is going on? And he said that Jesus Christ passed him by. He said, Jesus, 
son of David. So we understand the fact that in his athlete life, he was always called Jesus, son of David. If not, Bartimaeus would not have referred to him as Jesus, son of David. So therefore, we understand that this man, Matthew, is trying to straighten the record and his focus is to talk to the Jews. And you will see all that throughout his writing. He used a lot of Jewish parables and a lot of Jewish writing, you know, a lot of Jewish expression. He spoke particularly to convince the Jews. Well, this Matthew as well, we know that uh, is agreed, we have a consensus about this Matthew. He was the, the Levite. This Matthew, who wrote the book of Matthew, is agreed that he was one of the apostles of Jesus Christ who were eyewitness. And if you look at his writing, he did not write as somebody who went to research, but he wrote what he saw. Now, let's go further very quickly, briefly, and we'll stop on that. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, and Judah uh, 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 of Judah and his brothers the next line and I went further to talk about following the descendant down Judah the father of Perez and Zerah whose mother was Tamar and then he went further to say Perez the father of Hebron Hebron the father of Ram Ram the father of Aminam Aminadab Aminadab the father of Nashon Nashon, the father of Sol, uh, Salmon. <laughs> Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. There are, some in, there are some important information about these people that I post around. We'll look at that on Friday. The first one is Perez, the mother of Tamar. Alright, and then here, Rahab. And it says, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was who? Who? Come on now. All right. And then he went for that to say, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon. Solomon, whose, mo- whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Did you, under- did you get that? Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Horam, eh, Jehoram, Jehoram, the father of Uz, and uh, Uzziah, sorry, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Ammon, Ammon, the father of Josh, Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers, at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sh- uh, Sh- uh, Shiltiel. 
shall tell the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abihu. Abihu, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Akim. Akim, the father of Elihud. Elihud, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar, the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of whom was born Jesus, who is called who? The Christ. Now, let me ask you something. When we read the genealogy of Jesus Christ, we know those who know the Bible. Sometimes you may be wondering that why is all this father of the father of the father of the father of? Those of you who study the Bible very well will recognize that I've been mentioning some names that you can tell the story around the names. Correct? If you are not able to do that as a believer, you need to go and read the whole Bible. A Christian must read the Bible minimum right through in one year. Study, I mean, not just read. This Bible, I knew by the age of 9, 10, all these stories. And because I knew such an early age, it cannot go out of my head. And when you look at the father of this, the father of that, the father of that, when those names are mentioned, you can remember all the stories that connect to it. You cannot have full understanding of the scripture unless you know all these things together. Are we together now? So, what are the names that was mentioned there that uh, has to do with what you are studying now? Let's just talk about it. You have been doing Nehemiah, isn't it? Okay, tell me some names that you have been... You have, apart from David <coughs> and Solomon, tell me a name. Yes, somebody just get up and say something. Yes? Look at your Bible. Eh? Jeconiah? Mm-hmm. What about the exile? Look at your Bible. You must always carry Bible to church and everywhere you go. What about Josiah? Who was Josiah? King at... At the age of what? He was the youngest king at the age of eight. Uh-huh. Come on, let's speak together. What are the names that you remember there? What about Solomon's son? Hmm? Come on now. Huh? Rehoboam? Uh-huh. So we can begin to imagine that God did not cancel his eternal promise to David. Regardless of the fact that Solomon messed up the son, God tore the kingdom in his hand. And yet, he kept his promise. Does that not reflect your life and my life? Can we not see a reflection of that in our personal life? That the reason why God had not given us up. Some of us have done some terrible things in our, in our ignorance. And you still wonder why God will still visit you after thereafter and still fulfill his promise. That is God for you. What about Rehab? Who was Rehab? He was what? I hope I'm talking to the Bible school students, yes? Yeah, who was Rehab? 
a prostitute, a harlot. So, Jesus came from the lineage of a harlot. And God did not, you know, remove that woman from his genealogy because of covenant. And what that tells you and I, it doesn't matter the source you are born. Whoever gave birth to you, doesn't matter. The covenant of God with you has no reference to the lineage you came from, whether your parents were bad. What about Tama? Something that Tama did that has become an abomination. What is it? Eh? Tama. Is from gave back to Paris. Some of you are looking at me. Okay, now go and read Tama, the book of Tama. Huh? I want all of you to go and read it before Friday. The book of Genesis. Go and look for Tama there. So that when you come, you come and talk to me about Tama and Perez and trace it to Ruth. To Boaz. Okay. Okay. Let me move you further. So this man, we understand the fact that he was writing to the Jews. And his emphasis was on the pillars of the Hebrews. Okay. But if you look at his second writing, he went straight to write about the birth of Jesus Christ. And when he was speaking about the birth of Jesus Christ, he was always referring his birth to the fulfillment of the prophets. Because the Jews owned the prophets. And then, you will see some records in Matthew of angels. And especially the Magis. You see the Magis, then you see about angels. And you will see all the time, Matthew was writing, he will soon say that to fulfill the prophecy. He will say something say to fulfill the prophecy. Matthew was an intellectual man. Let's move very quickly to Mark. When I look at the book of Mark, I always look at a man who is excited about the ministry. Rather than the history. While Matthew was talking about the history. So that you will know where this Jesus came from. He is a Jew of a Jew. And he is the one that the prophets of the Jews have prophesied about. And then before he went into the teachings of Jesus Christ and the ministry and stuff like that. This man just began by saying. The beginning of. The gospel about about who? Who is the gospel about? Who is the gospel about? You remember what I said that I had a man said that the gospel is not to do with Jesus. You can see what the Bible says. The gospel is about Jesus Christ, not about the kingdom of God. Jesus is the gospel. And the kingdom is in Christ. You cannot separate the kingdom of God from Jesus the Christ. 
when you preach Jesus and people accept Jesus, then the kingdom of God come upon them. I we together now. So it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, if you look at this introduction, what is this man's main emphasis? He is to convince some people that this Jesus is just the Son of God. Isn't it? This Jesus is the Son of God. That's the reason why, if you read further the book of Mark, it went straight away to the ministry. Attestation of power, his ability to cast out devil to heal the sick, he emphasized so much on the things that Jesus did to validate him as the Son of God. Certainly this man was not among the disciples. He did investigation about Jesus and he began to write. Let's look at the next verse. It says in the next verse 2, It is written in, in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. And then he began to talk about John the Baptist. If you look at his record about John the Baptist, it was so short. And he went straight away to, call to, the, to the calling of the first disciples. Mentioned the te- te- temptation and went straight to the calling of the disciples. And if you look at the book of Mark, if anybody wants to you know, provoke himself into the realm of the power of God, Mark is the one that really pumps you up. You want to operate in signs and wonders, in healing power of Jesus Christ. You want to know the secret about the power to move in the power of the, of, 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 of the Spirit. The book of Mark is written to help you or to challenge your spirits into the ministry of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's look at the book of Luke very quickly. The book of Luke is a bit different. If you look at the book of Luke, we discussed this before I traveled. Luke was, um, okay, let's see. Uh, many have understood, uh, sorry, many have undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Now, if you look at that introduction, it tells you that this is somebody who had read what people have written. Isn't it? So certainly he's not part of the disciples. Okay? And he spoke about the fact that many have undertaken or taken the pain to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. The next verse. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So we understand that this man got information from the apostles. This man Luke. But why should a man Luke, a man like Luke, decide to write? He said he was concerned about the accounts of the life of Jesus Christ. So that is his aim, his major aim, to straighten the records. Look at what it says in the next verse. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for your most excellent Theophilus. So we understand therefore that that book was written to one man called Most Excellent Theophilus. So use the word most excellent for a man. He must be a man of great influence and power in his own time. 
And it must be a man who sits over so many people. So that if this man can get it right, then thousands shall follow. And this man also, from the way this book was, was, was uh, written, you will recognize that he was talking to an intellectual man. Because he said, therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything, you don't go to a learned man without proper investigation. He will floor you. He will ask you questions that will make you a fool. Second thing you need to understand is that for a man to go to an intellectual man and say to him, I have thoroughly investigated this information that I'm about to give you and I'm about to give you an accurate account, annotated account. He himself must be an intellect. Alright? Of his time. It was a historian, of course. We know that he's a physician. He was a physician in his time and a great historian of his day. His own interest is to write out how things happened annotatively so that you can know that from this and this happened 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 and this happened. So every order of event that took place, he wrote it. Now let me say something to you. Why am I showing this to you? You want to ask from Alfred where I get my inspiration and power from by understanding the writing. Because every verse of the writing has an impact in the life of believers today. Method of the writing of each, of each person here has a great impact in the life of the reasoning and the delivery of those who believe in Jesus today. If anyone cannot understand it, you can't go too far in the realm of the spiritual. Because these things are not allowed to be written just for fun. And when we dissect each part of their communication, you can understand if you follow spiritually, you can begin to be pumped up in your spirit. You must get it right. And that is what Luke is saying. You don't just have information scattered in your brain. Come on, you have to sit down. You, don't, you just don't gorge information that people say. No, you have to inquire and investigate it. You just don't take an information as legitimate. You have to understand the source from where it's coming and prove that that source is legitimate source. And I haven't got all the information that I've been teaching you in the church. You have been taught in several things. Last Sunday there was some teaching given. Sunday before there was some teaching given. Tuesday you have been going through several things. You have to sit down and put these things correlatively for you to be effective. Half education is worse than no education. And so, it says, it seems good also to me to write an orderly account, annotated account, most excellent law, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So these theophilus who have received several teachings like you in the church. But this time, Luke put it all together. That look, all the teachings you have been having, let us just put them according to the historical events. <clears throat> I love Luke so much. You know that I quote Luke a lot. Luke 9 is one of my main scriptures. Who can tell me what Jesus did in Luke 9? Yes. Yeah, he called the twelve. And he sent them out in what? In twos and he did what? He gave them what? Power and authority to, to, to do what? 
To cast out devils and cure diseases. And then he said to them to do what? Preach the kingdom. Then what about Luke chapter 10? He sent the 72 out. Come on now, members of CFT. Talk, talk, talk. He sent the 72 out to in twos. And then he gave them what? Power and authority to do what? Cast out all devils and to heal all diseases and the sick. And then he told them to preach the kingdom. Isn't it? What happened in verse 17? Therefore, don't put it on the board because we are looking at the look now. Look at look. Hallelujah, somebody. And then in verse 17, what happened? The 72 returned. And then they said, Even demons submit to us. And then Jesus answered and said, Do not rejoice because demons manifest. But rejoice that your name is what? Hallelujah somebody. I love the book of Luke. What about Luke chapter 6? What happened there? Let's talk now. Yes, 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 yes. Couldn't die. Okay, open your Bible in Luke chapter 6 and tell me what happened there. The most powerful thing that began the ministry. Jesus went up to the mountain and he spoke to the Father all night. And when the day break, he did what? He called them and he appointed what? Twelve among them. Okay, the book of Luke, therefore, is a book of Luke. Look at Luke. It is so powerful. And if you look at this Luke, how would uh, Luke written the book of Luke? He concluded his writing by writing one book. What book is it? What is the second book Luke wrote? Acts of what? The actions of the apostles. And what does he say in verse 1? Don't put it on the board. Verse 1 says, eh, in the in the former tetris, he calls it. Not just book. The former tetris. Oh, I have written concerning what Jesus began to do. And you remember that I always say to you that when you look at the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says that Jesus began to do first before he teach. Many people in our days, they teach and they don't do. The word of God, every verse of it, every word of it, every powerful stuff has power. It communicates something. Luke says, I wrote you about what Jesus began to do and to teach. This man, Luke, he had warned you at the beginning that, Luke, I want to straighten the records up and I want to give you information as an intellectual person. You see, the other man said, after all my observations and research, I'm bringing this to you. So that Theophilus will, will not look at it as a layman writing. He can understand it so that he can implement it. Having said that now, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Are we getting something now? There is something in Mark I always love. Look, let me take you through some few things in Mark. Go back to Mark. Every one of us in this house must become like Jesus. Eh? Chapter 1 of Mark. 
Look at verse 21. Shall we read it together on the board? Stop, stop, stop. Let us read the cathedral way. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, did you see that? Did you learn anything from that? Let's read that verse again. Mm-hmm. Okay, then the next verse. Go ahead. A man who was what? And where was he? Come on, let us learn how Jesus dealt with this case. I told you that Mark is not interested in much story. He's interested in the action of Jesus Christ. Which you and I will learn from. To be like that. Then what happened? Jesus saw a demon possessed in the, in the church. So now let's read the next line. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Did Jesus conduct deliverance? How many hours did it cause him to command the devil? Then, come on now, check yourself. That's why Mark wrote. What is wrong with your own authority? That's why we are having Jesus' seminar. He saw evil spirits in the church. He ignored it. A demon possessed. Because Jesus knew that the word of God would fetch him out. And when Jesus began to teach the word of God, the demons manifested. And when the demon manifested, he shut him up. Two people don't speak at a time. God cannot be speaking and the devil is speaking as well. Is this not part of the error that you've seen in many churches across the globe? Even give platform to a devil to come and speak and say that, tell us what is your name, what's your business about the name of a devil? Shut him up. When the word of God is going on, nobody has the right or power to say anything. He rebuked it instantly and he left. You know, you and I have to be challenged by that efficacy of Jesus Christ in this week. You must be challenged. You know something, when I teach you in those churches, I will tell you. I was sharing with them in, in, uh, in um, uh, 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 Berlin. You know, the gospel is not of yesterday. It's the same Christ yesterday, today, and forever. That was the topic. That is the topic. If you and I read Mark and we see what Jesus did, the fact is this, we have the same power to do what Jesus what did. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. Now, if we try it and it does not work, something is wrong with you, your delivery method. And that is one of the things that we are dealing with in Jesus' seminar. It's not that you don't have the ability, you do have the ability. 
But your delivery method and how can you and I enhance our delivery is by going back to this gospel and see how Jesus delivered it. What will you do now as you're standing here, choir standing and singing, there are a madman running to the church with a pickaxe. Running straight to the altar towards the choir. What will the choir do? What will the usher do? What will the man ever do? Will you, will you take on your heels? Then he will pursue you. The devil is like a dog. If a dog charges towards you and you stand and he cannot sense fear, he stops. That is what dogs are. He says, sit down. He sits down. But when a dog comes near you and he can sense fear, he can smell it. Dogs can smell fear. He will exploit you. He will abuse you. A madman or a demon, when he tries you and he's discovered that you run, he will run after you. Then he will do what he would not have done if you had confronted him. I think my Bible says that we should what resist who? And it shall. So run away from the devil and he shall what? He shall run after you. <laughs> resist the devil, he shall flee. Or run away from the devil, he shall run after you. Listen to me, beloved. In this church, you must not command the devil twice for him to answer you once. Then you have to buckle your shoes and say, no, no, that's not me. Something is wrong. Go back to the drawing board and do it. Look, let me say this to you. When Jesus saw the demon possessed, when he came into the church, he saw the demon possessed, didn't he? But he didn't go to him. And when the demon possessed, was the demon inside him was going to disturb, he shot him and cast him out. Alright? He had nothing to... Jesus did not have this mind that, you know, if I cast out demon, I am a superman. No! No! He doesn't, ha- he, he doesn't have a mind like attributing some glory or power to himself because he cast out demons. It is a normal function for a child of God to cast out demons. So simple. It is in the same Mark. At the end of his ministry, writing of Mark, if you look at chapter 16 of Mark, and verse 17, very quickly, what did he say? No, 17. 17. Shall we read it together? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. The next one. So, the interest of Mark is for you to walk in the supernatural. He began by showing you how Jesus cast out devil, isn't it? Come on now, try let's speak. He ended up his writing by telling you that you can do the same thing. Is somebody here with me today? Mark, Mark's interest is to help us know that this is how Jesus did it. This is how Jesus handled this. This is how Jesus did this. This is how he did that. And then at the end of it, he says, come on now. You can do the same thing, Jesus said. You can do the same thing, Jesus said. So I believe that Mark was a writer to me. A Gentile. These signs shall follow them that believe. 
In my name they will cast out devils. And then he went further to say, they will pick up serpent with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well or recover. The next verse at the end of, of that scripture. Shall we read this together? Uh-huh. Come on now. Uh-huh. Let me say something to you. If somebody introduce a topic, the next thing you want to look for is this conclusion. And that tells you what is in the body. I will call the book of Mark, power book. It is the power book. Because all the record of Mark is Jesus cast out devil, Jesus healed the sick, Jesus did that, Jesus did this, Jesus did that, Jesus did this, Jesus did this, and he did this, and he did this, and he did this, and Jesus did this, and he came, and the disciples, if you look at him, verse, verse nine, uh, uh, 9, the disciples tried to do something, they couldn't, Jesus came and he sought it out, and then they asked Jesus, how could we not do it? He said, this sort cannot be done except by fasting and prayer. Isn't it? So, it was a, a, it's a book that spoke about the mighty things that Jesus did in the area of healing, uh, you know, deliverance, and in the area of uh, preaching the word of God. And then, also Jesus taught the people and gave them the secret of how they too can do that. I think the whole church of God should know the book of Mark. Thoroughly, I'm talking about. Let me say this to you. When we do crusades, we always preach a lot from John and from Mark. In crusades. And you see heads roll when this, these stories are told and Jesus will confirm what he just said in this last verse of the chapter. Look at what he says. The disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word with what? Say he confirmed his word with great signs and wonders. Say, he confirmed his word with signs and wonders. Are you people, have you been, have you been uh, pondering on what next year really is? If you have not been pondering on what next year is, you better start doing that. Because many children of God already are getting excited about it across the globe. I'm having communication from the Facebook and all stuff like that. People are boiling towards next year. And that's what you must do. Because the next year, God will mark a difference. Come on now. I wish we could play all the testimonies of uh, Berlin to you. Doctor, you were there now. Were you there when the people were giving testimonies before the service started? Okay, it was after, after they gave you arrived. When you hear their testimonies, you know, you will almost shed tears. These are people who just knew the Lord. You almost shed tears. Listen to me, therefore. This is waiting for you and I. It says the disciples went out and what? Preached the word. If you want to see power of God, then preach the word. Signs and wonders is a confirmation that what you are saying is true. One day I was preaching. I told you this before, but I need to tell you again. I was preaching in a minister's conference in Lagos. 
And as I was teaching about the supremacy in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the supremacy in the name of Jesus Christ. How the name of Jesus is exalted above every name and how God's ministers should use it. How when Christians keep their mouth shut and they call the name of their husband or father instead of the name of Jesus, Satan prevail. Because hell or the kingdom of spirit don't respect any one of us. They respect only the name of Jesus. And as I was teaching them, that church is uh, it's got three hours. One, there, one in the middle and the other one there. And suddenly a madman entered the church. Nigerian madman. It's not a British madman. Because British madman can put on tie and go to the, the council and collect gyro. Yes, in Nigeria, madman don't know money. They are, hair is like a rasta. They are, their clothes are torn to pieces or they are completely naked. They are wild, they never bath. They don't sleep in home, they sleep in the tomb or on the streets. They are not homeless, but they, they sleep in the tomb, in the marketplace, talking always. I mean, real madman. This man came in half naked. Pastor Dapo was there. Why should a madman come in when I was teaching about the supremacy of Jesus Christ? Now, when you are testifying to someone about Jesus and a demon began to threaten, why do you think that is happening? It can only be for one reason why it happened in chapter 1 of Mark. So that you can cast him out. But if you focus on what a demon is doing, you will miss it. And it seems as if the power of the name of Jesus is not powerful in your mouth. What many of us have made, mistakes we have made, is that we have been detracted by what the devil is doing, so that at the time we should charge the devil and rebuke him, we miss that timing. Then after we wake up, we're trying to now command a command that does not come from faith. The madman came in, and all the pastors began to run. They're in the church. Everybody was running. I was teaching about... The supremacy of the name of Jesus Christ. And the devil entered the church. And when he came out, I kept on preaching. And as he was coming on the aisle towards where I was, I said, sit down in the name of Jesus. And off he went. And I kept on teaching. Disregarded him completely. Because my own thinking is that if a demon can be so stupid to enter the church inside a man when I was preaching. It means that demon wants to hear the sermon about Jesus he didn't hear in heaven. And the man was there. And each time I was teaching, when I talk about Jesus, he, inside him would go, hoo, hoo, hoo. It was disturbing the people. I turned to him and I said, shut up! And he went like that. Till I finished preaching, he never moved. God will only allow that to prove that what I'm teaching is correct. If I miss that understanding, then all what I've been teaching there about the supremacy of Jesus Christ is useless. Because now there's an occasion to test that supremacy. And if I'm not in tune with the way Christ did it, as far as I'm concerned, if you get it the way Christ did it, then it will work out as it worked out for Jesus Christ. Period. Period. It is important for us to read about Jesus Christ in that book of Mark and see how Jesus dealt with many cases. Even the case of unbelief. 
so that we can replicate him and we will see the same result. When I finished preaching, I picked my Bible and my son said, ah, that this man is sitting there. I said, get out in the name of Jesus. And the man went pumped to the floor and he went to a deep sleep. When an earth, about an hour and a half or two, we came back. The man has got up and he said, I'm naked. Where am I naked? They have taken him away to clothe him. He came back 100% to his full senses. Pastor Dapo was in the meeting. So what I'm saying to you is this. Where do people like us get what we do? The book of Mark. The book of Mark. If that chapter 9, you will discover that there was a boy who was brought to the disciples of Jesus. And the disciples of Jesus prayed for that boy for so long. And the demons was manifesting. When they were praying, the demons were screaming. The demons were roaring about the whole place. To the extent that everybody gathered around to watch gymnastics. Though they were commanding and they were torturing the body, the demon was torturing the body, but the demon did not come out. It happened to many Christians today. Praying over someone for deliverance, the person would be jumping all over the whole place, vomiting and messing up the whole place, and the demon would remain. And when Jesus came, Jesus said to them, How long will I keep up with you? You men of little faith. And we understand a principle in that, that to cast out demons, you must be a man of faith. What faith? Faith in the name and faith in you who is speaking. Faith in you that is speaking that you are a child of God. And that evil spirit must obey you. If you don't have that confidence in yourself, don't go near it. How do you get the confidence? It's by reading the book. By studying the book. When you study the book, you can identify yourself in Jesus Christ. And that's what gives you the boldness. And Jesus came. And the Bible says the, the, the father of the child went to Jesus and said that, you, you know, your disciples have been trying to get rid of these demons since morning. And the man is worried. And he said to Jesus, if you can do anything. The attitude of those people made that man to almost doubt Jesus Christ. For us in our generation not to do that is to study the word. Study the book of Mark. And Jesus said to him that if you can believe, all things are possible for those who believe. But you and I, I believe, but you must believe. And then he cast out the devil. When people were rushing to the scene, when he cast out the devil, the disciples went and shut the door and said, Master, we sweat over this demon. We, the same word you use, we used it. It didn't happen. <laughs> How would Jesus told them that they are men of little faith? They were still asking questions. And Jesus said, you know what? Guys, let me give you the secret here. This kind of operations cannot be achieved by a man who eats all the time. You love your belly. Your authority has a limit it can't go beyond. You want to go beyond that, there is something they call fasting. Not fasting because you have a problem, but fasting because you are seeking the face of God. Not fasting because some demons are chasing you, or some devils are worrying your family, but fasting because you are seeking the face of God. 
And we understand the principles about this from Christ. If you read that scripture right through, I love this man, Mark. Of course, one day, many years ago, when I was a Baptist pastor, when I reached the Matthew genealogy, I just flip over it. I read Luke genealogy, I just flip over it. I never teach it. Pastor Sidney was one of the members, then Pastor Debbie was one of my members then. And Pastor Emmanuel, or not a few of them. And one day, the Lord Jesus walked into my room at 12 midnight in Ludwig Mills. And the Lord said to me, son, I have come to teach you about my genealogy. And he sat down, and I sat down, and he began to teach me. Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And he went through that genealogy one man after the other. Then he went to Luke and he traced his genealogy to Adam and to God. And as he was speaking, everything was registering in my head. And when he finished, he said, understand? I said, yes, Lord. And as he walked away, I woke up with the excitement. And I saw that it was 12 from 12 midnight to 6 a.m., he taught me, for six hours. And when I got up, I wanted to start writing what he told me. And the whole of my brain went blank. I said, no, Lord. <laughs> I understood what you taught me. I sat there, keep on cracking my brain. But I understood what he taught me. And I prayed and worried and prayed and worried and prayed and worried. I think later on in the day, when I would not leave that place, the Lord told me that I set it up in your spirit because you'll be teaching the world about my genealogy. But many years thereafter, I began to teach on the genealogy of Christ. And he began to bring it up. So therefore, what I'm saying to you is that every part of the scripture is exciting. Come on now. There is power in the word. And if you can understand that Matthew, the reason why Matthew wrote the way he wrote was because of the people he was speaking to. And when you look at that, if you want to speak to people of such, if you approach them with the method of Matthew, you won't, you won't have to go too far before they are, they are convinced about Jesus Christ. If you look at the book of Luke and you approach people who, the set of kind of people Luke wrote about, who are intellectual people, with the method of Luke, you will not have problem getting them converted. At the same time, if you look at Mark, if you read Mark, you cannot read Mark without operating in signs and wonders and healing. It's impossible. Impossible. The last one is John. I love John too. Matthew, Mark, what's the next one? And what? Oh. I will not teach you on John today. Oh, I said we'll finish at nine. I'll just stop. I will talk about John, my brother, on Friday. If you look at the book, the beginning of John's book, you can understand. The method I've shown you, look at the introduction of the book and look at the conclusion of the book. You can understand what the book is saying to you. Then you can now read what is inside the book. To be able to be, become what he's saying or be like that. Understand how to communicate like that. 
It's easy to preach the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. By him all things were made, and nothing was made apart from the things that have been made. You see that now? So as far as he's concerned, he's talking about Jesus being the very God himself. The very creator of all things. That is his own emphasis. And when he went further, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. To help all men understand that your breath came from Jesus Christ. No man breathes without Jesus Christ. I will say, the oxygen that you breathe comes from him. And the carbon dioxide you bring out, he takes it. It comes from him. And if you look further down, he began to, he continued to speak about the validity or validate the fact that Jesus Christ is God himself. Jesus Christ is God. Someone says that you serve three gods. Yeah, because that, that, uh, the woman who was talking to me, you know, who I spoke to you about in the beginning of this message, said another guy had come to his shop just a week before and said that, you know, do you, you know, you believe in Jesus Christ? You believe in three gods. You understand people saying things like that? Well, on Friday I will tell you how to answer people like them. So stupid they are. <laughs> and, but that is what John was about. That Jesus Christ is God himself. And if you look at John, as John continued to speak in, in verse 12, uh, uh, 14, uh, what did he say there? He says the word became one, flesh and dwelt among us. So he was saying that that word I'm talking about is Jesus Christ. We beheld his glory. And if you didn't understand that very well, he went to verse 17 to help you understand better. What did he say by verse 17? He says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace... Grace and truth came from who? Grace and truth came from who? I cannot hear you. That's where we're going to stop. Now, before we meet on Friday, I want you to study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hmm? And write out some scriptures that really communicate to you. You know, when I'm talking to you, are you, are, you, are you amazed that I'm quoting the scriptures without holding any book? And I did not miss what I want to say. Does it come by memorizing? No, it doesn't come by memorizing. You don't memorize the Bible. When you study something, you know it. And if you know the word of God, uh, because you study it, then the Holy Spirit of God will be able to go into your storehouse to bring out those words. And that is how you quote the scripture. Anyone can achieve it within seven days of thorough study. I've given you the pattern of study right now. When you study this Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, your mind is that you want to know the mind behind the writer. Okay? So you read the introduction very well. You read the conclusion of their books very well. And you scan... If you look at someone of things I've been teaching you, you can scan to understand, you know, some statement they have made along while they are writing their record about you. 
about him. You, you discover that all of them talked about Jesus, but along the line, they now talked about you. And what their motive is, is to help man understand, if you can accept him, you will become like him. All the four. All the four. I would together, and I want to check that out when, before we come back on Friday. Let's stand up together, please. We're going to bless the name of the Lord together.